Good morning, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and this is your weekly astrology forecast for the week of July 8th through the 14th. Um, hope you're doing well this weekend and recovering uh, from the new moon solar eclipse. Uh, it's probably been a pretty big, big week, I'm guessing. Uh, the month of July has had some pretty active aspects happening. I myself am uh, recovering energetically from a wonderful Great Lakes Astrology Conference last weekend, which I think was a success. I think we had a lot of uh, nice, nice folks out there, um, cross-generational interacting with one another, and uh, I feel like uh, people had a good time, and the goals of creating community and, and uh, exchanging information, I think those things were met. If you want to know a little bit more about how the conference was going, I did a series of interviews on my YouTube channel, Spencer Michaud Astrology, where you can check it out. I uh, really got some cool people in the chair and talked, talked about their conference experience and, and a little bit about what they were teaching. Uh, people like Adam Ellenboss, uh, Gary Caton, um, Gemini Brett, Ann Ortley. We had some really, really cool people that um, were sharing their wisdom and their knowledge. So make sure you check those out. Uh, some pretty good stories there too. My, one of my goals was to make some make them laugh and uh you know i think that sometimes we get pretty serious when we're studying astrology and i think there's always a little way to humanize it and and bring it down to earth a little bit and have some fun with it so uh that was one of the things that i tried to focus on when i was interviewing people was finding some sort of connection or funny story that that they could um share with the world uh <laughs> there were there were a few moments that were a little Little interesting. Um, my good buddy and teacher Adam Ellenboss had a passed a kidney stone during the conference, which is not super funny, but he was able to laugh at it a little bit. And um, glad that he uh, has a good sense of humor about these things. And you know, Ann Ortley and I were talking about um, you know Mars and Eris and dead cats and things like that. There were there were some there were some pretty interesting moments. So check that out if you get a chance. Um, and then we'll we'll just start moving ahead with the astrology of the week here. We've, you know, had a new moon eclipse happening uh, last week, and you've probably noticed some pretty interesting new uh, things coming into your life, new events, new people, new impulses, new new energetic directions. Uh, and now what we're really in the middle of is an in between phase. Um, Austin Kopic likes to call this the Bardot period, where it's a liminal space in between the ending of the old chapter and the beginning of the new. So we've gotten those new impulses, and now we're kind of trying to live into the changes. We do have a uh, full moon um, solar eclipse coming up the week after this one. So we're kind of in this two-week transition period. So one thing I would caution you uh, about in the upcoming week is that um, you don't have to have it all figured out just yet. Uh, there, We're in the middle of that, you know, kind of, emerging from the cocoon type of phase. And I would encourage you to take your time with it, to be open and open-minded to what kind of growth is happening in your life, and be willing to make some of the compromises that you need to make as well. That's one of the themes that we have coming up this week. We're in a period of growth. The moon is waxing. Uh, we had a new moon and we're moving into the crescent phase of the moon this week, which is you know, basically all about how do we struggle away from the inertia of the new moon and persevere and mobilize those resources uh, to help support the ideas that came up. And 
you know, along the way and along any new endeavor, we may come up to some challenges. And this week in particular, we're going to be heading into a first quarter moon, which is when the moon squares the sun. And that is, you know, kind of the testing period where we're testing out those new ideas. Maybe it runs into a, a little bit of a, a challenge or a conflict or friction that helps actually propel it forward. Um, and that's something we're going to have to try to navigate gracefully. Uh, just a little overview. We've got uh, an opposition from the sun on Saturn coming up Tuesday at, that coincides with a T-square. We'll talk about that. We've got a Mars-Uranus square uh, coming on Thursday. That can be a pretty explosive transit, uh, something that we may need to exercise some caution around. On the same day, we have a grand water trine between the moon, sun, and Neptune. So that may be a, a really nice aspect that we're moving through. And then we're moving towards an, an opposition with Pluto on Sunday, um, the 14th. So that's kind of like an overview of our week ahead. Today we're going to go as we normally do in these videos through the moon transits and any major uh, trans, you know, transiting planet aspects that we need to engage with. Um, so let's let's get into it. Here we go. So I'll share my screen here. So we're looking at Monday, July 8th, and the moon starts out in the sign of Libra. And this is a really interesting thing that we have going on right away because we have a condition called mutual reception between Venus and the moon. Let's see if I can get my annotation here. So we've got Venus right here in the sign of the moon in Cancer. And we've got the moon in the sign of Venus in Libra. So that is called mutual reception. And that means that even though they have a square relationship to one another, they are exchanging resources. So it's like they're living in each other's temples or they're uh, hosting each other in, the, in each other's houses or things like that. They have an open line of communication to one another. They are aspecting one another, which means to see. So they are aware that they are in each other's uh, domiciles or houses or temples. And there is, you know, there may be a little bit of a, a friction between them, but ultimately that friction might lead to something productive. And they are both able to provide for one another what each other is looking for and what each other needs. Uh, in Venus's case, what she is after is generally a harmonizing influence. Um, she is bringing things together. She is smoothing out the rough edges between relationships, between, you know, the things that she, she's able to bring things to her through, not necessarily through just blind desire, but through uh, opening herself up to be receptive to receive things. Um, and the moon uh, also is kind of that trigger that is, is unifying things uh, and creating change, though. So it, it, it's one of its things is creating change and bringing forms into being and, and helping them pass out of this uh, realm of the other, you could say, in contrast to the, the realm of the one represented by the sun, the unification sect, you could say. Um, so we're going to be seeing a, a, a nice uh, relationship between these two planets at the beginning of the week. Now, that's good because we have a, a pretty challenging thing that we're going to be um, moving towards, which is as the moon has moved into the sign of Libra, 
it is activating a T-square between the sun and Venus by sign, by whole sign, and Saturn and Pluto. So you can see there's an opposition here between the sun and Venus and Pluto and Saturn, okay? Now, that's by whole sign. So you can, when you have a whole sign aspect, these planets become aware of one another. Uh, when they get into a closer orb or within three degrees, uh, then th there's more of an engagement between them or a connection, we could call it. But all of these planets are dealing with one another right now. And when we have the moon, a very fast moving body, moving through a sign that is squared to them, she can do a couple things. She can act as an intermediary. She can be someone who is kind of trying to negotiate between these two opposing energies. One interesting thing that I learned in uh, my year two program with Adam Ellenbaus in Nightlight Astrology this week was kind of the nature of oppositions uh, and a little bit of a different way of thinking about them. Um, we have the oppositions that are kind of a, a line that is drawn in the sand where they are basically kind of, it, it's very difficult to reconcile the opposites that we're experiencing through the opposition. A second type of opposition would be sort of the opposition that is associated with kind of the yin and the yang, where you have a little bit of light in the dark and a little bit of dark in the light. And what we're doing is we're, we're, we have a spectrum of these opposites that is continuously flowing into one another that has more of an ability for one of these opposites to become the other. And I think those two things are going to be active at the, pretty much at the same time. But we've got the moon that is kind of helping to negotiate that type of change in relationship between these opposites. Now, what kind of opposites are we dealing with? Well, we're dealing with the opposition of the Cancer-Capricorn axis. And some of the themes that, that go along with that are, uh, well, we've got a water and earth type of theme. So we've got one, a, fluid, a fluidity in the Cancerian side and more of maybe a rigid structure on the earth side. Uh, we have a, a little bit of a, a domestic type of theme with, with the Cancerian planets, a more of a, a, a kinship where we have a, a more, um, oh, what could we say, more of a, uh, a family type of environment, uh, something where it's a little bit more like, I don't know if you'd call it exclusive um, but you, or inclusive, I guess. It's more of a smaller group that we're trying to work within. While, as, while Capricorn has a little bit more of an objectivity where we're trying to deal with maybe more outer structures, more like, you know, established uh, hierarchies and things of that nature. We're seeing some of this play out in our, in our uh, news, news stories that we're seeing. One of the big stories last week was the, you know, the, the treatment of families and children within, you know, concentration camps or whatever you want to call them. Uh, and trying to find basic human decency amongst uh, some of these established structures. And, you know, we had a little bit of a, a mixed 4th of July with pe people were celebrating some of the good things about America, but also having some real mixed feelings about some of the actions that are uh, happening right now with some of the human rights violations. So that's some of the tension that we're experiencing between the established structures and the boundaries and the walls that we're 
you know, putting up around things and the, uh, the need to have a empathy and a uh, emotional type of connection to, to those structures. And we're, we're really trying to figure out how to negotiate those things right now and how can we, um, you know, have whatever established structures we need in place while also creating, you know, basic human rights and basic human decency. And that's something that we're probably going to be dealing with for the rest of the month here. And the moon is going to be activating and triggering that, that opposition at the beginning of this week. So what we're seeing in the beginning of this week is a, is a crescent phase of the moon. We had the new moon and we're starting to move out of the new moon phase, which uh, according to uh, some authors is 45 degrees ahead of the moon. And then as it escapes 45 degrees ahead of the moon and gets between the 45 and 90 degrees ahead of the, of the sun, I'm sorry, uh, it will be in this waxing crescent phase, which we're talking about is, is, you know, perseverance, mobilizing those resources. We've figured out what the new impulse is. Now we're trying to figure out how do we bring it into existence. And that's what we're going to be dealing with with, the, with Monday here. Um, one of the first aspects that we're seeing is we're going to have a nice, well, nice, we're going to have a square here between the moon and between, we're going to have a square here. Let's see if I can get, get things moving. All right, there we go. Um, we're going to see a square between the moon and Venus right here. Uh, you can see that they are going to, that's going to perfect around 9.30 a.m., uh, we also are having an opposition slightly before that between Chiron and the moon, and that may trigger some some uh, conversations about some sort of negotiation between your individual expression and becoming part of a team or, or a partnership or a group. Um, so that may be one of the things we're dealing with on Monday. Uh, we are also experiencing a conjunction uh, that day between Mars and retrograde Mercury, a newly retrograded Mercury, if you will. Uh, we've got, uh, here we see at four degrees, Mars and Mercury coming together in a chalasis, right, which is a, a bonding or a unification of those two energies. And we may be really, really uh, tied up with our um, belief systems and, you know, the way that we communicate may be very much tied to that martial energy where we are believing in our, our subjective position and we're willing to fight for it and we're willing to, to kind of cut or sever ties even because of the way that we are expressing ourselves. So that's something I think that it, you should be a little bit cautious of this week is what kind of ways are you expressing your opinion, your belief system? Because recognize we also have a, it's kind of in a square here, a pretty close square with Uranus. So it can take on some explosive type of, you know, interactions that we, you know, later we might regret if we pop off a little bit too abrasively. Um, I think that that's a good, that's another good thing to do this week is to think twice before you express your uh, subjective opinion, whether it's online or in person or whatnot. I, I gave us a, a speech at Glock about social media and how to interact. And a lot of what I talked about was some of the, the soft skills that you need to, to interact with people online. And one of my 
I think my advice is to people was if you can't say it to somebody's face or if you, you wouldn't say it to someone's face, you probably shouldn't say it to them online. Um, I think there's a, a basic human decency in our interactions too that we need to keep in mind when we're expressing our opinion. And it's very easy to hide behind the computer screen where we can't really see the interaction on someone else's face. And we also are losing the tone of voice. Uh, we're lo losing inflections. We're really, the, the opportunity for misunderstanding is very high when we're interacting online. And with Mercury retrograde uh, this week as well, uh, I think the, the possibility for uh, mis miscommunications and misunderstandings are extraordinarily high, and they could cause more conflicts than you really want to deal with um, because people are just really fired up right now, and, and for good reason. I mean, there's some pretty serious stuff happening out in our world, and I think that um, when we are, when our, um, oh, when our emotions are being triggered, and I think that that the the news headlines are really triggering deep, deep emotional things where we are seeing some stuff that is very difficult as a as a community to witness. We get really um, emotional about that and and sometimes we can be reactive and I do think that it is important to try to move forward and have these conversations I think that it is still important to have mutual respect when you are discussing things and I think that it's going to be doubly important to try to figure out how to have that discussion this week so that you don't alienate um, who you're trying to convince of your position I think it's always easier to to have a fruitful conversation if you're using mutual respect with the people that you're talking to. Uh, that is one of the things that we've lost in recent times, especially in our country as we move towards election cycles and things like that. It's very easy to become divisive. And we've become polarized really in a way that is, is really difficult and, and the gap has become wider between our opinions. And I will say this, like, a little bit of kindness and respect for one another can really open someone else up to be able to hear what your message actually is. And I think that that is really something to keep in mind as we move through this Mars-Mercury aspect here is uh, if you are too abrasive with what you are saying, you, what you're really doing is you're, you're increasing the divide in the canyon between you and that other person. You're not really bridging that gap at all. You're not trying to find a compromise. You're just popping off. And I think that you may have, you may achieve more of what you're setting out to do if you are able to use this beautiful Libra moon to have basic human interactive skills and, and politeness and an ability to use that beautiful uh, Venus moon mutual reception to kind of have a a conversation that, that starts to bridge the gap rather than makes it wider. So that's the beginning of our week here on Monday. Uh, as we move into Tuesday, okay, let's kind of move things forward here. We are seeing what we're, what we're experiencing already is we've got the Sun and Saturn already in this condition called uh, Sunafe, which is a connection. So they are, it hasn't perfected yet. The aspect is not exact, but we're already having a, a within three degrees type of unification of those energies in the opposition, okay? And, well, I guess unification isn't the right word. 
but we're really seeing this aspect being activated, this opposition, already at the beginning of the week. Okay? And we are going to be experiencing sort of a, a, another brick wall, really. Uh, I, I, this, is, this Saturn-Pluto thing, uh, opposite all the cancer stuff, is all of our emotional and um, nurturing instincts running in headlong into these established structures that, you know, a lot of them really do need to be uh, thought of as, as broken down and, and changed, but there's a, an existing power structure that you're running into that may make it challenging. And this is something that I advised when we were going through Mars and Mercury with this opposition is you have to be like water. You have to pool your resources and then spill around those obstacles gently. Uh, you're, you're not going to be able to just wear the, the rock down um, overnight. Water is a solvent, but it works slowly. So you may have to, to have patience and wear down these structures over time rather than creating some sort of explosion or trying to drop the bomb. That's not, it's not what the, is going to create success with this watery energy here. Um, it's going to be something where you are gathering yourself, where you are, uh, you know, viewing what kind of actions would help you to spill around whatever is obstructing your path, and then moving forward. Uh, so that's something we're looking at as we're moving into Tuesday. What's going to happen Tuesday is we're going to have the first quarter moon. So right now, as we are moving into this, uh, if I can get back here, there we go. We're going to see that the Libra moon is going to move into a T-square at roughly 17 degrees of the cardinal signs, which the cardinal signs are about taking action here. We can see this opposition that's starting to perfect on Tuesday, you know, very early in the morning, and we've got this, this big T-square happening. Okay, so we've got the opposition, and we've got the uh, square with the moon. Okay. Whenever we have a square with the moon and the sun, uh, this is a time, this is an act, very active time. This is when all of the new moon impulses are starting. It's kind of where the rubber meets the road. This is where you're going to see uh, things starting to move um, because of friction. Through the waxing crescent phase, we are trying to, to get the steam engine rolling. We're trying to get things moving. We had the ideas. We're trying to mobilize resources and move forward. And then we may meet some sort of obstacle in the path where we have to push through that resistance to really uh, manifest the things that want to be born within this cycle. So that's something we're probably going to see on Tuesday. Tuesday's kind of a tough day. Um, to me, like Monday, we're still kind of getting, getting rolling. Tuesday, we're gonna, that may be the crisis point in the cycle this week, where we're going to be clearing some of the old structures to, so that we can try to build the new ones. And we've got that T-square happening between the Sun and Cancer, Saturn and Capricorn, and the Moon in Libra. Um, the Sun-Saturn opposition is going to perfect or become a perfectly opposite aspect at about 1 o'clock p.m. We're also going to see the sun conjoining the north node of the moon at around 8.30 p.m. So in, in between that, I forgot one thing here. We've got a, uh, an aspect between the moon and Pluto. So 
the moon's going to activate Saturn and then it's going to activate Pluto. So we might run into the, the brick wall. We may have to make a negotiation over the afternoon. And then we're going to be running into the, the deeply buried power structure represented by Pluto in Capricorn. So whatever negotiation you have to make, then you kind of got to burn away the old structure and kind of, you know, use all of your powers of regeneration to start building again. Uh, so that may be something that you're experiencing through Tuesday afternoon. Now I want to show you some cards associated with these three decans, excuse me, of that we're going to be dealing with here. So I'm going to stop my share and I'm going to show you these three cards and the, we're dealing with the middle decans of the cardinal signs, and these are represented by the Three of Cups, which is the second decan of Cancer, uh, the Three of Swords, which is the second decan of Libra, and the Three of Pentacles, which is the second decan of Capricorn. All right, so threes, three in general is a very growth-orientated uh, number. It's kind of what is born out of the opposition of the two, uh, the opposition of, you know, one thing coming into, uh, into contact with another thing. A third thing is generally born. And with the opposition of the, th the three of cups and the three of pentacles, we've got this kind of uh, really challenging um, card here with the three of swords where you see three swords piercing a heart and storm clouds in the background. And this is the in-between, the intermediary between the rejoicing figures in the three of cups and the ones that are trying to work on a material structure or project in the three of pentacles. So I think that what we're going to be experiencing here is we may have some difficulties within our relationships as we try to, to negotiate our loyalties our, you know, our, our domestic situation versus our public situation. Uh, maybe there's a group of us that are trying to uh, enact a plan, but we may have some, some difficult conversations that, that come up or maybe some disagreements where we're really having to examine how we are relating to one another through uh, making the plan and our, where our loyalties lie. Uh, this this card was also associated with heartache, with with the dissolution of relationships. So there may be a point where you may have to let go of some some of the relationships that you have to move forward with your plan. Um, but but take take your time, take it in stride. That's something that we're going to be experiencing uh, at the beginning of this week, where you're going to have to be negotiating some of these these more difficult conversations. The good news is, is that with that mutual reception with Venus and the moon, uh, we may be more, we may lean more towards um, expressing things through our best selves, through our best communication skills, through our, our desire to harmonize with somebody and to express with grace. So that's really your best friend at the beginning of the week is manners, I think, and uh, really trying to think twice really examine what you what comes out of your mouth before you say it. Um, this was something that I has been burned into my brain from my father was think before you do or think before you speak. And I think that's going to be really important at the beginning of this week. I want you to think about how what you're saying is going to be received by somebody else. Don't just think about this is my idea and I'm going to just say it no matter what. I want you to think about that other person's perspective and try to see it from their their point of view before you say it. 
pauses are okay this week. Slowing down and thinking about things and really trying to be considerate is going to be what is going to get you through this rough patch of time. All right, let's move forward. Sharing the screen here again. As we move through Tuesday, uh, yeah, just talking a little bit more about that sun conjoining the, uh, the north node. The north node, of course, was said to be the head of the snake or the head of the dragon in Jyotisha or Vedic astrology. And it was a disembodied head. The, uh, the monster, Rahu, or the head, Rahu, in the body, Ketu, was, was a snake or a dragon that was trying to uh, consume the elixir of life and, and attain immortality. And that wasn't allowed. And one of the gods, I think Vishnu, if I'm remembering it correctly, severed the head of the snake from its body. And uh, now it is a disembodied head that has an endless desire for consuming. So in the West, we think about this as the future and the South note as the past, but that's not necessarily how they viewed it in, in the Eastern philosophy. We have a, a themes of desire, energy coming in, form coming into being. Now, if the sun can join the North Node in the beginning of the week, the sun is going to be increased. There's going to be more desire associated with our solar consciousness, a need to create identity, a need to illuminate the mind, a need to say, this is who I am and what I believe. So there's going to be an increase in that, an increase in trying to assert solar authority. So we may see some authority assertions within our domestic spheres, within our, in our groups of kinship that we may see as, as well. And that could be a, an, an association with the sun and the north node coming together. So that's something we're going to be experiencing on Tuesday. As we move into Wednesday, okay, we're going to be seeing the moon moving into the sign of Scorpio. So we're going to be, you know, we see that square between Libra moon and the Saturn and then Pluto. And then we're going to be moving into the wee hours of the, the day here. Uh, early, early morning, we're going to see the moon move into the sign of Scorpio at about 5.30 a.m. Okay, Eastern Standard Time. There we go. 2.30, 2.30 a.m. And we're going to be 2.30 a.m. It's moving into Scorpio. Then we're going to experience that uh, the exact first quarter. Oh, no, my notes are a little messed up here. Sorry, we're already in the, the first quarter, but we're gonna, still going to be in that phase uh, at the, uh, over the course of Wednesday. A couple things are happening now as we move into the Scorpio moon. First of all, the moon has lost dignity. It's lost that nice mutual reception between Venus and the moon. Uh, it's, moving, it's moved into the sign of its fall or its depression. In Hellenistic astrology, this was a, the, the lowest point, so to speak. If the exaltation was a place of honor and being lifted up, uh, the fall was a place of being in its, its depression at the very bottom. So our emotions may take a hit. Our ability to deal with our uh, emotional nature and, and the things that have come up after the negotiations, we may have to retreat to perhaps lick some wounds, 
perhaps to uh, get in touch with our feelings. Um, and the moon is now in a Mars ruled sign. So the, the moon is going to be activating this uh, Mercury Mars conjunction by square. Okay, so <laughs> this, is, this is where we may really start to lose our temper around Wednesday. Uh, some of the good graces that we had through the beginning of the week, we may lose touch with that. And we're really going to be triggering uh, the emotional things from the depths are going to start bubbling up. Uh, and it may be harder not to have our pride engaged by our emotions. So be very aware that there may be a soft spot or a, a, a wound that is being triggered by the moon that's poking that area of pride that you have. Uh, and that it's the possibility for that to start to, to break out and become a little bit more explosive is going to be higher on Wednesday, uh, July 10th. We're also going to be seeing an opposition between the moon and Uranus uh, around 1.30 or so. And so as we move through the day, after we experience that, we could experience this kind of like, you know, very challenging energy running up against a very disruptive force that is Uranus. Uh, anytime that we have the moon in Scorpio or the moon in Taurus, we're going to be triggering Uranus. Uh, whether by new moon or, or kind of like a full moon type of aspect between the two of them. And Uranus is Promethean. It, is, it, is the sh it shocks with lightning bolts of awareness. It is trying to bring something new into existence by, by you know, the lightning bolt of crumbling the old structure. And not like Saturn, where the, the, the entropy principle is perhaps uh, slow, like a slow decay. You know, Uranus is, is kind of blasting the structure to bits. And, you know, over the last week, we've had some, some earthquakes over on the West Coast. And, uh, you know, we may be seeing some of that kind of energy cropping up again, especially as we move towards the Mars-Uranus square on Thursday. Uh, those, those types of um, weather events may, may still be um, activated with, uh, you know, because Mars is this really disruptive quality uh, an activating disruptive quality coming coming in contact with the the real the real disturber the real shit stirrer I guess you could call it in in Uranus and Taurus and and with Uranus in Taurus we're going to see some of those disruptions happening in association with with our earthly structures so brace yourself if you are in a in, in an environment that is more uh, susceptible to natural disasters, maybe have your emergency plans uh, really locked down and figure out what, what you're going to do if something gets triggered. Because you can see this is not only we have a square, this is a T-square, another T-square. <laughs> this is the week of T-squares happening between the moon in Scorpio, Mars and Mercury in Leo, and then Uranus in Taurus. So this is really volatile energy that we're experiencing here. Um, so really just have your emergency plans in place. We don't want to be too like... Um, paranoid or things like that. We just want to be prepared. Uh, this is like a weather report. If you know it's going to rain, bring your umbrella. If you know that the conditions are, are, you know, if there's a possibility there may be a thunderstorm, you know, know where you're going to take shelter. Uh, it doesn't always mean it's going to come to fruition. It just means that being prepared is better than not being prepared. So that's what we're experiencing on Wednesday here. Uh, that square is going to come be exact with uh, Mercury and then Mars around one o'clock. The moon Uranus square is going to be exact around 4 p.m. And then we're going to have a nice trine between the moon and Venus in 
cancer around the evening, 9.30 or so. So as we move out of that T-square, we're going to have a little bit more of a, a, a nice interaction between the moon and Venus. Uh, and they are sect mates. They are both of the nocturnal sect. So they are being in the political team in favor and having a nice little trine, uh, which is the, you know, of the nature of Jupiter. Uh, that, could, that could be triggering some nice things in the evening after, you know, some re relaxation after the kind of disruptive elements earlier in the day. Uh, so enjoy that. Catch your breath a little bit, I guess, with that aspect, hopefully. And then as we move into Thursday, uh, we are going to be experiencing uh, the still in the first quarter, but that's when, when the aspect of Mars and Uranus becomes exact. So that's going to be exact around 2 p.m. Uh, earlier, very early in the morning, we had the sun making a trine with Neptune. You can see 18 degrees Cancer trining Neptune at 18 degrees Pisces. So that may be a, a really nice aspect for having some, you know, uh, really lucid dreams. I would say that that, that is going to really affect your sleep if you're in the eastern part of the world, uh, eastern standard time part of the world. If you're experiencing this aspect during the daytime, uh, you may there may be a dream equality that comes in. You may have to differentiate between the uh, reality and the illusion, uh, the fiction and the, um, the whatever the, you know, the, real, the reality of the story that you're dealing with. So that's going to be happening around uh, starting in the evening of Wednesday night and moving through that aspect as we sleep. And then as we move into Thursday, we have this uh, Mercury is starting to separate okay, from Mars. So we may be past, Mercury is going backwards in the zodiac uh, because it is retrograde while Mars is still moving forward. Uh, in zodiacal motion, and we may start to see like a a, a, a little bit of a separation between that um, identification with our communication, our pride and our ego, and our, we may start to cool off just a little bit with our communication, hopefully, uh, and that that'll be a positive thing. But what we're doing is we're seeing an activation between Mars and Uranus, and this is happening around two o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Let's see. When does that become exact? Actually, this looks like it's about 2 a.m. on Thursday rather than 2 p.m., which I had. Okay. See, Mercury retrograde's getting me already. I'm recording this on Saturday the 6th as Mercury is slowing to a halt. Uh, so we're, you know, things are getting a little mixed up here, but that's okay. Okay. Mars square Uranus. Let me show you here on the video, if you're watching on the video. So we've got this aspect right here. Oof. Okay. Pretty explosive. Mars-Uranus aspects are, are pretty tough. That's when they're about 90 degrees apart. Um, squares are be, said to be of the nature of Mars. So we've got this double martial type of energy happening here. And they're triggers, they're trigger points Anytime we have a, a, a planet like Mars or Mercury or the moon or, you know, one of these outer planets coming in contact with Uranus, it's triggering some of those longer term changes. And this is a, this is a, a hot boy. <laughs> this is a hot one. Um, internally, this can, I, I've seen some research associated with 
you know, with the blood in the body. Um, I think that there was, there's some research that we've seen with Mars and Uranus being associated with strokes and things like that, where it's just the blood starts to really boil and bubble, and we have some unexpected events happening with that. So just make sure that you are not overexerting yourself in the next coming days, uh, that you are drinking plenty of water to keep yourself cooled down, and that you are you know, making sure that you are staying calm. Uh, have your emergency plan if you are in a, in a vulnerable zone. And really, this still could be connected with our communication style too. This is another aspect where communication could be very, very volatile with Mars still being pretty much co-present with Mercury here. Uh, so that is something to keep an eye on as we move into Thursday, especially in the morning. Um, I like to have an emergency bag packed for things like this too. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to be too... Um, alarmist about things, but we are experiencing some pretty volatile astrology, and I've got some good friends out on the West Coast and San Diego and, and Los Angeles and all of those areas, and you know, I'm really thinking about, uh, about them right now. They've experienced a few earthquakes in the past week, uh, over six on the Richter scale, so I'm just hoping that they have all of their emergency plans in place and everything like that in case something else happens as we move into this square here. Okay, hopefully there's some more good news coming. As we move through Thursday, uh, we're going to see a sextile between the moon and Saturn around noon uh, with, with moon in, in Scorpio sextiling Saturn in Capricorn. So that is, sextiles of course are of the nature of Venus. So that is a little bit of a harmonizing aspect between those two planets as we move forward through this stuff here. Um, let's see. I'm going to move this forward a little bit. There we go. 18 degrees or so. We're going to uh, 17 degrees. Yeah, there we go. We see that sextile between the moon and Saturn. All right. As we move into the evening or the afternoon, we have the moon coming into a trine with the sun in Cancer. That's a nice little aspect. We've got a, a sextile with Saturn and a trine with the sun. So these are the two luminaries that are getting along with one another. Uh, of course, the sun being associated with the diurnal sect and the qualities of selection and unification. Uh, the moon, of course, being associated with diversity and change, being of the nocturnal sect. So here we're going to see purpose being married with form, uh, with intention being unified with whatever wants to come into being. Uh, I like these aspects because it's kind of like, you know, we have this uh, ability of the solar purpose manifesting here through the birth channel of the moon. So, you know, see what is, is being born on Thursday afternoon. Maybe you're recovering from some of the, the shakeups that are happening from the Mars-Uranus square and see what needs to be uh, brought into fruition by, by the end of the afternoon while we have the sun-moon trine and what new structures you're going to need to build uh, from what becomes revealed through the, through the shakeup. And Saturn's going to be help assisting with that, and that is a nice little thing to experience. Um, I like to say you need to Saturn up a little bit, right? And Saturning up is kind of about coming to terms with the reality of your situation, whether it's pleasant or not, 
and doing the work that you need to do to rebuild uh, or tear down whatever is, has been shown to you to have an expiration date. What has shown to be, has, has, its time has come. Saturn's all about time, right? It's saying that Kronos is the, uh, the, um, the timekeeper. And it's saying, okay, this, the time is up on this. And it's time to move forward onto a new, a new building of a new structure. All right, as we move forward onto uh, Friday, actually, let me back up for a second. The other thing that we have going here on Saturday afternoon is not only do we have a trine between the moon and the sun, right there, we have a trine between the sun and Neptune and the moon and Neptune. This is a, this is a cool thing we have here. This is a grand water trine. Beautiful, grand water trine. And that happens when we have a planet in each of, uh, each of the signs of the same element or triplicity. In this case, we have that happening in the water signs. So this is something where we're going to be triggering the, uh, the vision, okay? the ability to create uh, some sort of domestic harmony, and then the moon possibly triggering memories. Now, I say memories because the, the second decan of, of Scorpio is associated with the Six of Cups, which is, is if you study the tarot, associated with nostalgia and kind of a, you know, an, an innocent quality. So we have the Three of Cups here with uh, the Sun and Cancer too. The uh, Six of Cups with the Moon in Scorpio uh, too. And then triggering over here, Neptune is the nine of cups which is kind of about um it was called success so you you had a a a figure that was seated with with nine cups kind of being very self-satisfied and you know he had achieved something and his vision had come to fruition so there may be some kind of fruition of your vision that is coming into being on thursday that may include something from the past that may include something with your family or the people that you find kinship with and where you are feeling uh, maybe a sense of satisfaction here. Um, but be careful not to get, get too caught up in the, in the vision or the illusion. You have to bring Saturn into the equation here and, and, and have it grounded in reality. Now, I will say the last time I experienced a Grand Water Trine was at UAC 2018, and this was between Jupiter Neptune and my son. And that was a pretty magical time, I will have to admit. Uh, I had been meeting some, some new people. Uh, my, my world was being expanded with Jupiter and, and Neptune active there. And my sense of identity and purpose was, was really getting a boost. So we may see a little bit of a, a type of uh, a rehash of that kind of energy that we experienced um, if you have water sign placements or Cancerian placements, you may be really feeling this uh, from last May of 2018. All right. So that is Thursday, that, that nice little grand water trine. You know, take advantage of that. You, don't, you, you, you might not have to do anything specifically, but that's a great time to think about the vision moving forward as we move into the full moon uh, happening on the 16th of July. All right, let's go into Friday here. As we go into Friday... So we go into Friday, 
Hopefully my Zoom will allow me to, there we go. Come on, Friday. There we go. As we move into Friday, we are seeing the moon move into Sagittarius at about 11 a.m. or so, okay? And uh, it's going to be a little bit of a lightening of the mood. Uh, the moon, I always experience the movement of the moon from, from Scorpio to Sagittarius is like a breath of fresh air after I got really moody. Um, my family likes to make fun of me because uh, Scorpio is uh, my fourth house and I am moon ruled being a cancer sun. So they like to call that my man period uh, where I'm experiencing a little bit of uh, dark emotional heaviness um, or a little bit of PMSing, you could say, with the moon in Scorpio, where it's not in, at its best. So I always experience the movement of the moon into Sagittarius as a lightening of the mood, a little bit of a return of optimism after I've dived into the depths of my, my heart, my soul, and really kind of figured out, you know, processed some of the old junk. And I think that that may be, from what I understand, and I can't completely speak to this because obviously I'm not somebody who has had a menstrual cycle, but from talking to the the women in my life, a lot of the times it's a time to go internal and to to process some of the old emotions from the the lunar cycle. And I think that you know when we go through the moon in Scorpio, that is a processing period where we're diving into the depths, and then we're coming out on the other side with this maybe a renewed sense of optimism or or ready to take action when the moon moves into Sagittarius. So on Friday the twelfth. As the moon is still waxing, it moves into the waxing gibbous phase, which is 135 degrees to 180 degrees ahead of the sun. So this is a time to analyze and perfect uh, and evaluate the changes that you've been making over the course of this new moon cycle. Uh, we're preparing for a flowering at the full moon, which is going to be happening at the eclipse this, this, uh, this month on the 17th of July. So this is a great time to just say what's working, what isn't. Were the conversations that you had fruitful? Are the actions that it was the crisis point that you came through in the uh, first quarter moon? How did you navigate it? Were you successful? Um, are, were you able to release what needed to be released? And were you able to, to continue to build the structures that needed to be built? Um, we are going to have the sun coming into a trine with Mercury and Mars and Leo. So that's going to be, again, activating that kind of really uh, volatile, uh, heat that is coming off of Mercury and Mars. But this time, we're, we're having the moon is co-present with the sign, I'm sorry, with the planet Jupiter. And we may be having conversations that are a little bit more positive, that are a little bit more optimistic, a little bit more hopeful. And we, maybe we've gotten past some of the challenging stuff, hopefully, and we're starting to have some enthusiasm about what we're, what we're doing moving forward. Jupiter, I, I always think, is, especially in Sagittarius, is very, a very enthusiastic placement. It's like, hey, let's get, let's get going. Let's, let's shoot that arrow uh, towards the target and move towards our chosen goal. And we're going to be seeing probably some of that energy as we move into Friday here. Um, as we move into Saturday, okay, we're just blowing through Thursday here. Uh, we are going to move past the um, trines with the moon and Mercury, respectively. 
that happens, uh, it's going to come into, it's going to perfect with Mercury at 5.30 p.m. on Friday, and then it's going to perfect with Mars uh, at 12.30 a.m. on early, very early Saturday. Uh, and then we're going to see, then we're going to see the moon starting to apply to a conjunction with Jupiter. Now that's a nice thing. I always, I always enjoy Jupiter conjunctions. This is where we get the good feelings. Saturday may be a, a time where we're starting to feel pretty good about things again. Maybe we had a nice conversation and we're in the afterglow. We feel like we're, some of the goodies are coming our way from the, you know, the, the greater benefic of, of Jupiter. Now keep in mind, Jupiter is still retrograde, so it may not be as positive as it could be with Jupiter moving forward, but generally uh, the outer planets go retrograde uh, for half the year, and Jupiter retrograde is still not not a bad thing. It's just uh, we still may be kind of um, reevaluating how we're going to move forward, and we're going to have that big push when Jupiter goes direct in the middle of, of August. Uh, I believe August 11th is the exact date. So we're still kind of figuring out when our big push is going to happen through August. So on Saturday, we're going to see the conjunction happen around 4 o'clock of the moon and Jupiter. And at the same time, we're going to have a square between the moon and Neptune. So I think this would be a great time to just get out to the beach, get out to your pool, uh, get up in the pool. There's a, there's a really cool song by this guy named Mark Rebelay that I like. Shout out to Mark. Where he's like, get up in the pool, get up in the pool right now. And then he's like swearing a lot. It's really funny. I use it to encourage my daughter to to go to swim practice. Uh, check it out. Mark Rebelay, get up in the pool. <laughs> and uh, in the evening, we're going to see that square between the moon and Neptune. So there may be a little bit of a, a friction between the, uh, the expansiveness of our vision and, you know, trying to make, uh, re trying to understand the reality versus the illusion. So try not to make any huge, like, movement decisions when you're coming up across a square with Neptune because it, it may you may not be completely rooted in the reality of the situation but in general that may be a, a kind of a dreamy aspect uh, as we move into Sunday we are going to see uh, a movement of the sun into an opposition with Pluto now that's been happening all week right we, we can see now the sun is at 21 degrees and it's been we've had this tension between Pluto and the sun for most of the end of the week here. And instead of the wall that we're, we come across with this Sun and Saturn, we've got this like, it's a little bit of different energy. Now, I will be 100% transparent about this. I don't completely understand the outer planets yet. And I, and I say that almost because I don't, I'm not sure any of us really do. I think we have all of this like, understanding of the the visible planets because we have thousands of years of experience with that but as far as these these outer planets go neptune uranus and and uh pluto i think we're still learning about them we're still learning what they're really all about now there's a really great book called cosmos and psyche by richard tarnas and you know he speaks to the the volcanic nature of Pluto and, you know, kind of the power dynamics associated with it. When we discovered Pluto, we were dealing with a nuclear crisis, uh, the, the invention of the nuclear bomb and the atomic bomb, things like that. 
Um, so there is this kind of, you know, association with radiation and, and, you know, things being very explosive, but it coming like Pluto was the, or Hades was the Lord of the underworld. So we have this kind of like, you know, plunging into the depths and there's always power dynamics associated with Hades and Pluto. You know, he's, you know, he was fighting for, uh, for kind of custody, I guess you could call of, of his, his lover Persephone uh, and having negotiations with, with uh, Ceres or Demeter about where Persephone is going to be half the year and things like that. So there's these negotiations that happen. Um, and of course, he's the Lord of the Underworld. So he's, you know, there's some reckoning that happens with Pluto. And we're going through a, a Pluto return in our country, in America, and seeing some of the power structures and some of the uh, chickens coming home to roost, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> we're really engaging with some of these... Um, the dark sides of the power structures that helped create this country and that we've lived throughout the 200 plus year history. And we're seeing some of the themes coming up of the, a little bit of the dark side of, of America. A, lo a lot of the uh, wealth that was built through slave labor, through uh, having a separation between the haves and the have nots, that gap is still continuing to widen. We're seeing some of the themes of the black eyes of, of America coming up when we were putting people like the Japanese in internment camps during the early part of the 20th century due to fear and paranoia, and we're seeing some of that happen again. And that's something that we're going to have to reconcile as a country and figure out how to move past and find uh, ways to... Um, do better. I mean, really, just let's just get down to the brass tacks here. We need to do better. We need to have a, a figure out how to come to terms with the human decency and figure out uh, what is our legacy going to be moving, moving forward? What side of history are you going to be on? Are you going to be on the side of history of uh, fear and paranoia? Or are you going to be the side of history of human decency? Because I'm going to tell you, um, when you look back at times like these uh, and there is a bigger cycle that we're all a part of here. It's not just what is right in front of your face. History is the greatest judge. And sometimes it takes time to see in our personal lives and in the lives of the society that the ramifications of the choices that we are making. And I, and I empathize with all of us that are trying to just lead our daily lives and figure out how to live within a system that we may or may not agree with and trying to feed our families and trying to, uh, you know, do our jobs to the best of our ability and live within the structures that at times have been handed down to us through previous generations. And that can be very difficult. Those can be difficult waters to navigate. What I would encourage you to do this week as we move towards the, the Sun-Pluto opposition Take a little time and think about how you are a part of not just a small family. Think about not how you are not just a part of a country or a society. Don't think about what happened yesterday and tomorrow. I want you to try to rise a little bit above your situation. And I want you to see yourself in a greater history span of time. 
I want you to see yourself as a living history. I want you to see yourself as being part of the 200 plus year Pluto cycle of this country. And where do you fit in in this? Yes, you may have been given a difficult circumstance by who has come before you. What are you going to do with that circumstance? Are you going to be an agent for change? Are you going to be someone who is trying to uphold the status quo that may be based on inequality? What are your grandchildren going to look back and see where your actions or your grace, the way that you handled yourself, what do you want to teach those children? What do you want to teach the next generations? What kind of things do you want your legacy to be within this moment of reckoning that we are experiencing in this country? Everyone's going to have a slightly different answer for that. Not everybody has to play the same role. Some of you are going to be more vocal. Some of you are going to be more active. For some of you, it may be enough for you to maintain your inner dignity in your center. Because some people who maintain their dignity in their center are going to take more well-reasoned actions out in the world. I truly believe that. That's where it starts. You're not going to be able to be an agent for change or for justice if you yourself are off-kilter and somebody who is... Uh, not coming from that eternal place, from that place of seeing things from the eyes, through the eyes of eternity. So that is, that's one of the things I will encourage you as we, we come to the close of our weekly forecast here. See yourself through the objective eye of history. What legacy do you want to leave? How are you going to connect to your higher self and be part of the larger cycle rather than just getting caught up in the daily motion of your life, of your planet, of your planets, of a political argument? And how can you connect with the universal, eternal themes of respect, of equality, of human decency, of nurturing future generations? How are you going to connect with those things? All right. That's what I've got for today. Uh, I hope that you all are able to navigate this week with grace. It's going to start coming to a head on the 16th with a full moon eclipse at 24 degrees of Cancer and Capricorn. And we're also going to be seeing a, an opposition between Venus and, and Saturn happening that next week as well. So be kind to one another. Take care of one another. Uh, take action where you can, if it's considered, and if it's coming from a, a heart-centered place. Be willing to be patient if there is uh, something that is, takes a longer time to enact that change. Change doesn't happen all at once. Power structures don't crumble all at once, and we don't build the new, more fair system all at once either. So work with the quality of time rather than against it. So that's what I'll leave you with today. 
thank you all for for your support on this this channel youtube channel and and in the ethers i've really enjoyed bringing these um these transit reports to you and i hope that we continue to to grow together and uh move forward with um our, our astrological journey and um i will talk to you soon take care everybody peace